Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where I hope that you'll gain both the tools you need to grow your business and the motivation you need to create your dream life. I'm Haley Luckadoo, motivational speaker, serial entrepreneur, huge lover of Dr. Pepper, and of course, the host who will be introducing you to the phenomenal women sharing their stories and expertise to inspire you, help you succeed, and set your soul on fire. Hi, ladies, and welcome back. Before we dive into a new episode, I want to quickly tell you about my partnership with HoneyBook. HoneyBook is an easy-to-use client management platform where you can manage contracts, invoices, and workflows, track your time, create automated processes, and even create a customized portal for your clients to access. It's got everything, and I've partnered up with them to bring you an incredible offer. Just use the code HaleyLuckadoo or click the link in the description to get 50% off your first year subscription. I love using HoneyBook for my business, but I love to save money even more. So if you need a client management software or have considered making the switch to HoneyBook, now is the time. Again, just use the code HaleyLuckadoo or click the link and save yourself $200 while simplifying your life. I promise you will not regret it. Hey guys, welcome back. I am so excited about today's episode because we are going to be talking all about crafting the audience experience. Doesn't that sound fancy? And today I have none other than Miss Dolores Hirschman with me. And she is an internationally recognized strategist, coach, speaker, and the founder of Masters in Clarity, which is a coaching practice that helps clients clarify their idea worth sharing and implement business growth systems. And as a speaker coach, Dolores leverages the TED speaking platform to turn successful professionals into thought leaders in their field. So as you can see, she is an expert on crafting her audience's reaction and their experience to her message and making sure that her message is crystal clear in how she can serve them. And that is exactly what we are going to be talking about today. And Dolores has an incredible story of how she gained that clarity and re really figured out where her passion lies and how she wanted to serve people. So I am just so excited for you to get to hear Dolores's story along with her advice on how you also can really focus on serving your audience and craft their experience to your message. Hi, Dolores. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you, Haley, for having me. It's, I'm, I'm excited for our conversation. Yes, I am excited too. Before we dive into talking about all things audience experience, can you just tell everybody a little bit about you and your story and how you got where you are today? Absolutely. So um, I will start from the very beginning, and I, as Julianne says, but um, I'll say I was born and raised in Argentina, and I went to school there, business school, and I've been here in the U.S. since I was 25. I'm 47 years old now, uh, and I'm okay with my age. I'm a mother of four babies. The average height is about six feet of my babies, 
right now, um, the big kids now. And I've been in a quest for finding my path for many, many years. And I don't know, if, you know, probably the listeners will, will um, relate to this. At some point in my 30s, I looked at my resume and I said, who am I? Or what do I do with all this eclectic background? Because I, I, I worked for online, le- I built one of the first online learning platforms, I think in the world that was dedicated to high school kids in the, in the late 1990s. Um, I wrote my graduating thesis on marketing on the internet, relationship marketing in 1996. And um, since then, you know, once my children were born and my third child was born, I was like, okay, I want to be a mom full time, but I also want to do explore opportunities and ideas. So I became back in the early 2000s, kind of a mompreneur, if you want to call me that, um, exploring uh, pursuing, if you want, ideas into businesses, right? Um, as I was being raising my children, and so it, it's been in that quest that I've consistently. My thing is pursuing an idea and seeing an idea come through into a movement, a company, or a, a, some kind of impact generating uh, uh, project. And it, it's been in that path that took me to study coaching in my late 30s because I was looking at my resume and thinking, what do I do with it? And how can I make all this background make sense? Um, and so I went back to school, I studied coaching. I'm an ICF certified coach. And when I launched my coaching business, I realized that I was helping people move from point A to point B and, and start the dreaming process. But um, But I was playing small because I was letting them go once the dream was formalized, but not being part of their strategy and they're making that dream a reality. So that's how I expanded my company into what is today, Masters in Clarity, where I help people really turn their ideas into successful businesses or successful high impact movements. In the mix of that, I think audience always likes to know that I, as I was shifting from being a live or executive coach full time to more of a strategies and communication strategy, what that path, and this is actually something that I've practiced over and over again throughout my career, is that when, when I felt stuck or felt like I wasn't so passionate about what I was doing, I would ask myself, what would I do for free all day long? And that would lead me into an exploration. And I asked myself that question in 2014. And that led me into taking on a project, uh, being the TEDx organizer here in my community. I had already been involved with a local TEDx. I've been part of the TED workshop. Like I had been in the in the space before, but this is when I was asked to lead a TEDx here. And in doing so, in, in, in this exploration, that was really personal, right? It was just something I was doing for my curiosity. I realized, A, how much I enjoyed turning complex concepts into straightforward, clear communications. And B, I learned how hard it is for some people to do that. Like I I had a skill and there was a need I just didn't even know about. And so I always tell my clients, if you're stuck, go do something for free that you're passionate about. You trust me, you're going to find something in that that will be invaluable. And so my, my business has shifted because of that curiosity. 
And today I serve mostly service or impact entrepreneurs and help them clarify the message so they can scale their business. We work on clarity of message and clarity of business models. And yes, I'm an expert on getting people on the TEDx stage, but we also get people on all kinds of stages and podcasts because I believe that the more people that can hear your message and engage with your message, the more you will grow in impact. So that's a nutshell. <laughs> I love that. And I, I love what you said about would I do it for free all day and how you asked yourself that because so many people, but especially, you know, entrepreneurs who get started doing one specific thing or doing something a certain way, they tend to, if they feel stuck or they don't feel passionate anymore, they tend to say, oh, well, this is the way that I've always done it, or this is the degree that I have, or this is the job that I've always had. And they stick with it because they don't know anything else. And so I, I just love that you said, you know, hey, I'm not, I'm not super passionate anymore. Who am I? What am I doing? And you went out and found something new and found something that you were really passionate about. And you pursued that, you know, with all of your time and all of your effort and not a lot of people are willing to do that. So kudos to you. Cause I, I think that just makes for the most amazing stories, right? Yes. And I think what, what happens Haley, is really, it is pretty magical that you, that in serving you unlock parts of you that really, I, I just didn't know I had that skill. And so it's not that everything else I was doing, like, it's not like I stopped being a coach or stopped, stopped doing all that stuff. Is that now I have more focus, more clarity on where can I serve the most. And then everything else that I had experience or I had a skill on before is still being used, but under this umbrella. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I totally agree. I think sometimes it's not about changing the career. It's just about changing the focus. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you get that clarity and all of a sudden you start getting momentum and yeah. you start figuring out, okay, these are the people that I really want to work with. These are the people that I really want to pour into every day. Mm -hmm. And when I get to work with them and I get to do this type of thing, that's when I'm happiest. That's when I'd, you know, I would be willing to do it for free all day because I'm so yeah, passionate exactly. about it. Yeah. I love that. Well, I just, I love your story and just how far you've come. It's incredible. Thank you. Well, let's dive into talking about audience experience, because I think you've definitely already shown how you're an expert in that for sure. So I would love for you to just tell our audience, what exactly do you mean by crafting an audience experience? You know, I think that, what, what does that mean exactly? Yeah, so we forget when we're speaking, and here's the thing. You and I are speaking to an audience right now. We just don't have the audience in the room with us right now, but we must never forget that you and I are having a conversation in service of one person that might get something of value out of this conversation, right? And whether you're speaking on a podcast or you're speaking in on a stage, um, you, you are taking people on a journey. What that means is that whether you're conscious of it or not, there's a feeling experience that is happening to anybody that is listening to you. And the more aware you are of that, the more you can design 
that experience in an intentional way to make people feel certain things, like feel safe, feel curious, feel empowered, feel inspired, right? And so the way we present our message, the way we communicate our message has the opportunity of taking people on an emotional experience that hopefully will leave them with a gift uh, or, or become a catalyst of something that that person in that audience can add value to their life. Right. I love that. And I, I love just the way that you've worded it, crafting the audience experience instead of necessarily crafting their reaction. I love that. And I love that you mentioned that you're taking them on a journey because I think sometimes, you know, when people put together websites or, you know, they're doing things like a podcast or speaking on stages, a lot of times they're so worried about the message and about what they're going to say and how they're going to say it, that they forget to worry more about the reaction. And so I love that you called it an experience and you're really focused on not only how the audience is going to react, but how they're going to feel. Yes, and as, as, I, as I shared, I wrote a, my graduating paper in 1996 was marketing on the internet, relationship marketing. There was no social media, there was no Amazon. I was one of 30 people online, and I know I'm dating myself with this, but the truth is that people forget that we are humans connecting with humans. And whether they're sitting in your living room um, or around your kitchen counter or on Facebook or Instagram or on a podcast, we're still human beings. And, and the more we remember that, the more we can actually curate an experience. Like if you are inviting them to your kitchen for a nice dinner, you'll have, I don't know, maybe nice music, maybe nice candles, maybe good food, uh, the house will be clean, whatever it, that looks like, right? You know, translate that into like I was just commenting on your Instagram. Um, your Instagram is an experience. It's like if I were to go to your home, I'm sure I will have a similar experience than just what looking at your Instagram. So it, it's just about how do people feel when they're with you and, and clarifying that and designing that intentionally. I love that. So let's talk about what you just said, designing it intentionally. So what are some things that our listeners can do to really work on being intentional with how they want the audience to react to what they're saying and how they want the audience to experience their message? Great, great question. So I teach a framework and, and I know we're going to gift them the framework, uh, all the listeners that are listening to this. I teach a framework where I specifically teach my speakers to work the talk in a way that creates that experience. And the way we do it, the number one step is we start by meeting the audience where they are. What that means is you want to verbalize and you want to communicate what the audience is thinking. I love that. Yeah. And I, I think, I feel like people a lot of times get really, really stuck on this part. I think a lot of times we're really, really stuck on trying to figure out what our audience is thinking. So how do they do that? Yes. First of all, you got to know your audience, right? But there's two strategies that I typically teach in how to meet your audience where they are. And they're very, very simple. Number one is 
ask them a question that resonates with them. If you are, for example, if I am talking to a group of entrepreneurs who want to grow their business, um, I would say, how clear are you in your message? Raise your hand. Chances are most people won't. Or would you like more, simple thing, like would you like more clients? Like am I talking to an audience that wants to hear about what I have to say? Or um, do you want to have, um, be speaking, uh, publicly speaking and bringing your message to larger audiences? Those are simple questions you could ask. And it's just a way of saying to the audience, I'm here in service of you. And, and the one thing, you, that's what you can do. And, and the other strategy is to storytelling. But the one thing you don't want to do is you do not want to take any time of your precious first few seconds with an audience, neither introducing yourself or saying pleasantries like, thank you for having me. <laughs> mm, interesting. I, I like that because I, I like... I like that you're focused on making the most of the time that you have the audience. So, and I think this definitely applies too to even if you're not, you know, speaking to them in person. So if you're doing a podcast, if you're writing a caption on Instagram, and, and I think Instagram is a perfect example. You wouldn't hop on there and on every single post say, hi, I'm Haley. Thank you so much for reading my post and then go into your message. You just go right into your message. Exactly. So, yeah. So I love that idea of really making the most of your time that the, that you have the audience for, and trying to really focus on what problem you can solve for them and what it is that they're needing from you. Exactly. And even if you are like on Instagram on a video, whether any social media platform, I always coach and say. Don't say, hi, I'm Dolores. Today we're going to talk about XYZ. I say, go ahead and ask a question right away or, or start with a story. And then a minute into the video, even if it's a very short video, you can say, hey, I'm Dolores and I am so excited to talk about this today. But, but that's like a secondary action. Right. Um, if you're doing a video on social media, you want to start with a hook because the first second, the first minute if you want or first 30 seconds whether you are in a room with human beings or on a video on social media that's when the audience is going to decide do i tune her in or tune her out right yeah and i, I love that you've got to captivate them right from the beginning and especially you know if if you're on a stage in a room and they have nowhere else to go then that might be one thing but on social media they can scroll to the next person really quickly. So it's really easy if you're not interesting to them, if you're not captivating them, if you're not grabbing their attention, it's really easy for them to just move on to the next thing and they'll never hear your message. Exactly, exactly. And so so it's all about being in your audience's shoes as much as possible. Right. So I know you mentioned kind of storytelling earlier, and I know you talk a lot about case studies. How can our listeners use these two things? How can they tell stories? How can they provide case studies to their audience to help really clarify their message and get their point across and, you know, help in crafting that experience for the audience that we were talking about mm -hmm. earlier? 
Yes. So once you are the audience is basically once you have your the audience in your bus, right? And they've said yes to go on a journey with you, and you've properly introduced the topic of your conversation, properly introduced yourself, which I talk a lot about that in the framework that you're gonna get free. Then you want to deliver the goods. And the best way to deliver your information is show versus tell. So showing means show me examples, in this case, could, we can call them case studies, where the work or the framework or the teachings that you offer made a difference in someone's life or in an organization. And so nothing, you know, you and I have seen so many ads out there of, of of pre and post, you know, uh, what is it, the um, home makeovers or the the bigger, looser shows. Why do those um, shows work so well? Because people like to see the journey, the pre and post. And so a case study is showing someone that had a situation and then came out the other way with that situation not only solved, but their life or their situation in a much better way. And so when you're teaching something, let's say you have a methodology to help, um, I don't know, for me, to help people communicate effectively, right? And I say, well, this person came to me and they really wanted to share their message with the world. He didn't want to write a book. He had written books. He just wanted a, a very important message to this speaker to be spread really fast. And he came to me and he said, I just want to give a TEDx on this topic. And within six months, we had him selected for a TEDx, and two years later, that message, that video has been viewed by over three million people. Talk about fast uh, distribution of a, of a message. That's a case study. I just shared with you a case study. It didn't feel like a case study, but it was a case study. Yeah, and I love that what you just said, it didn't feel like a case study, but it was, because I feel like a lot of the time, when we hear things like, oh, you need to tell a story to your audience. Oh, you need to, you know, give them examples of people you've worked with in the past. Use your testimonials. Give them case studies. All of these things. We start getting really hyper-focused on what we need to have and less focused on what it is that the audience needs to see in order to understand your message. And so it becomes more about us than it does about our audience. And that goes right back to everything that you were saying earlier about really focusing on how your audience feels and how you want them to feel when they're around you. So I think really focusing in on providing them the thing that they absolutely need to understand you, to want to work with you, whatever your goal is, instead of focusing on, okay, I need three case studies because that's what so-and-so told me I needed. And I need this many testimonials because I need those to go on my website so that I look really good. You've got to make it less about you and more about that audience and how they're feeling. Absolutely. And I'm glad you, you mentioned this, Haley, because the truth is that speaking in straightforward, clear ways is a scary thing for our ego. Yes. What I mean, what I mean is, the more complex we speak, the more big words we use, the more stuff we can stuff in a two-minute conversation, the more we are kind of the expert 
and the more people will look up to us because they didn't understand a word we said, but be, but but you're creating like a gap of you don't understand what I say because I'm the expert and you're not. Yes. So so when I and I, and I, talk, I work, with, I mean, many times I, I get to work with a lot of doctors and scientists, and this is, can be very scary for them because they are kind of in a world where the more in a complex world with very complex, amazing projects. And they're trapped in their complexity, and that's how they are not necessarily reaching the people they want to work with or the people they want to help. Because people are trapped in their complexity, complexity, and audiences are trapped in their fear of not buying into something that they don't understand. And so when we allow ourselves to say, you know, I might be a neuroscience super genius, but if I can use a simple imagery or metaphor to explain my work, I can actually help so many more people. Right. Yeah. And I, I love that focus. I love really focusing in on, again, how you can help people and doing that in the most straightforward way possible. Because I think you're absolutely right. I think a lot of the time when we are talking, when we're presenting something, when we're trying to get an audience to work with us or listen to us, a lot of the time we will use really big words. We will make it as complicated and complex of a conversation as possible because it makes us look smarter and that fuels our ego and it makes us sound better and it makes us look more professional and like we know what we're talking about. And in reality, your audience is sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, why is this person babbling so much? And so (laughs) I, I love that, that, you know, not only are you focusing on what the audience needs and how you can serve them, but how can you do it in the most concise, quickest, easiest way possible for them, not for you? Exactly. And it's never about dumbing down your message. It's about making your message so compellingly simple and straightforward that you get their attention. And again, here's something that most people forget. When you're speaking, you have to think of speaking as a first date. Like you and I are talking and, and your audience is going to listen to me. My goal of this podcast is that they get to meet me. You know, they're not going to, I'm not going to ask them for marriage. We're not going to go on an engagement together or anything like that. We are just on a first date. So the goal of engagement, honestly, the, the, the most appropriate takeaways in most cases is that the audience loves what they heard so much that they say, yes, I want to know more about you. I want to go on a second date. That's such a great analogy. And it's so true. You're not trying to, you know, necessarily get them to buy all of your services or work with you or whatever right now. You're just trying to get their attention enough to make them say, okay, I want to get to know you a little bit better. I want to see you again in my newsfeed, you know, on a stage, I want to find you again in the world somehow. Exactly. And I love that. That's such a good analogy. Yeah. It's, it's a beginning of the relationship. Yeah. I love that. Just a different kind of relationship. I love it. Well, this has been amazing. I'm so excited about this conversation because I think it just really, tells everybody again what they hear all the time that you have got to have that clarity you've got to be really clear on your message not just for you and your sake 
but for your audiences as well so that you can really serve them in the best way possible. So I am just super excited about this. But before we end the episode, I do always close out with a fun little lightning round that's just a few fun questions about you so our audience can get to know you a little better. Okay, what? All right, what does your morning routine look like? Uh-huh. Um, uh, latte, walk with the dog, and hopefully some classical music before my first client. Oh, I love that. Yeah, everybody always has a drink. It's either coffee or tea or something. They always have a drink, and I'm a dog person, so I love the walk with a dog. Well, you can hear my puppy in the back, in the background, I think. I hope it's not too <laughs> No, I, it's fine. That's Chica in the podcast. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes, mine is sitting right here beside me, very, very quiet and asleep and well behaved. <laughs> just adorable. Yeah, I, I'm such a dog person. I love it. All right. What was the last book that you read? Um, hmm. uh, um, great book, um, The Big Leap. Okay. I love that. I love that. Gay Hendricks. Awesome. Great. Great recommendation. What is one item or product that you would recommend to everyone? One item or product? God. Um, I'm going to give a plug to Apple, my MacBook, <laughs> my, 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 my computer. <laughs> Love it. Yes. I, we are an Apple household over here too. So I'm right there with you. Love it. All right. Last question. What is the best piece of advice that you have ever been given? Um, don't take yourself too seriously. Mm, I love that one. Just relax. Everything will work out. Don't take yourself. Don't take your message. Don't take your business too seriously. Just flow. Like allow things to go through. Don't freak out and control. I love that. And I think that goes along really well with the entire message that we were just talking about. You've got to not, you know, focus too much on yourself, not take yourself too seriously. Just have fun and show up to serve your audience in yeah. the best way that you can and just let things happen. Yeah, and allow serendipity to show you the way. <laughs> yes, I love that. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. What's your website, your social media, and remind them again about that framework. Perfect. So I know in the show notes, you're going to have a link to the seven steps to write your talk. I strongly suggest you download that. And you can find us at mastersinclarity.com. Push start here and you can hop on a call with my clarity coach and she's awesome. And you can find us on Instagram at Masters in Clarity. You can find us on Facebook at Masters in Clarity and on LinkedIn, Dolores Hirschman. I love it. Well, Dolores, thank you so much just for giving us a little bit of your time and being so fun to talk to. I've had a great time with you. <laughs> and I'm super excited, like I said, for our audience to get to hear this and really just again, reevaluate if they're really clear on their message and how they're showing up for and serving their audience every single day. And if they're focused a little too much on themselves and their message instead of how they can really truly help their audience and craft their experience and reaction to what they're saying. So I'm just super excited about all of this. And I just really appreciate your time and just want to say thank you. Thank you for having me. And yeah, I had a great time. 
Well, ladies, that's it for this time. But don't forget to head over to the show notes to grab special bonus content from our guests. I'd love if you could show your support for the show. So if you have just a minute, leave a five-star review about how much you love this podcast. Then head over to femalesonfirepodcast.com and grab your Females on Fire apparel. Get a t-shirt, hat, and more because it all goes to fund the podcast. And don't forget to show off your new swag to all your friends on social media and tag me at Females on Fire and at Haley Luckadoo. I'll be back next week with another great show for you. But until then, keep reaching for those dreams that set your soul on fire.